Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. And definitely check out those shows as well. Rick Riley is the author of So Help Me Golf, Why We Love the Game. A screenwriter and New York Times bestselling author, Rick Riley wrote for Sports Illustrated and appeared on and wrote for ESPN. In addition to being voted the National Sports Writer of the Year 11 times, he has been recognized with the Damon Runyon Award for Outstanding Contributions to Journalism. USA Today called him the closest thing sports writing ever had to a rock star. Welcome, Rick. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss So Help Me Golf, Why We Love the Game. What are what are moms doing? They don't they, there's no time to read a book. They got too much to do. <laughs> well, then there's definitely no time to play golf. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, how do they take how do they take four and a half hours to play golf? I actually used to play golf for a little bit, and once I realized it was okay to play nine. 
you know, my mom is a really serious golfer. So for her, that is like not an option, you know, but I was like, I'm just, you know, there is an option where I could go out and like have fun and play nine holes and God forbid, not even count what I get. She's like, what? (laughs) Right. Wouldn't it have been such a better game if they had just stopped at nine? Yeah. Would have saved so many marriages. I think so. Why 18? You're done. Two hours. See you later. Yeah. I mean, people complain about reading books, but honestly, two rounds of golf and you could have read an entire book. <laughs> you know what I do is I sometimes I go out and practice just by myself with my bag and I have, you know, those Bose sunglasses that have the speakers in them? Yep. And I listen to books as I walk along. Ah. But maybe like there that. was time to listen to books. Maybe not. Yeah. That's interesting. Yep. Play two rounds of golf, listen to a book. All right. We'll start a new campaign. We could start with your book. <laughs> there you go. Well, I did do the, I did the audio. I, I've done 15 books and this is one of the first ones I ever read aloud. And you don't realize that there's emotional parts in it that you, when you say out loud, I came apart. I started crying three times. And it was, you know, it was either about my dad or my grandson or my son or what the wife, whatever it was. And you don't really realize the power of saying it out loud. And it just seems more real, I think. I totally agree. I just wrote a memoir and I wrote, I read my own audiobook also. And I knew from interviewing so many authors to expect to be like caught off guard by how emotional it was. So I was still intellectually prepared, but emotionally it made no difference. Right. So for my publishing company, I was literally just talking to somebody yesterday. I was like, before any of our authors record an audiobook, I'm going to make them a care package with a huge box of tissues and like all these things and say like, watch out, this will be intense. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm terrible. I cried a McDonald's ad, you know. I cry if a pen runs out of ink. I'm just the worst. I don't think that's the worst. I think that's the best. And my I wife, my wife's over there going, "You are. You cry too much." <laughs> no, no such thing. It's 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 great to have that level of sensitivity. <laughs> so I know you've written a bazillion books. Can you tell listeners a little more about what So Help Me Golf is about and why this book now? Oh uh, well, it's my Valentine to golf. All the lo- things I love about it and stories I've saved for 40 years covering golf and not not professional golf, especially, but real golf. Guys, people, women, men that play aren't very good. Funny things that happen and a lot of emotional things. My dad was a drunk. He was a drunk golfer. And I, I hated how golf made him come home drunk and beat on us. And then later we, we I realized it wasn't golf's fault, you know. It was, it was his fault. And so then I fell in love with golf as a teenager and then grew to love it even more. And then why now is because during COVID, I've always wanted to write this book. And in sports writing, we have a thing called saving strength. I was saving strength for this book for 40 years. And finally, I had some time. And so that's why now. Interesting. Did you write this during COVID? Yeah, I wrote it during COVID, but then a lot of it, I had to go out and research more stuff. And so then, you know, I had to kind of wait for COVID to die down. But yeah, it's, it was a lot of travel with this, but it was also just memories. I went around the world once in the 80s, playing the most unforgettable holes in the world. And the and Sports Illustrated let me do it. And it was supposed to be a, a two-part article. But then by the time I got back a month later, they had fired the guy that assigned me the story. And he was gone. And so they didn't care about it. So I saved all those notes and I kept adding to it like, oh, I've heard there's a a hole in Africa where you hit, you take a helicopter to a peak and hit down, or there's an underwater hole, or there's a hole in Bali where a monkey steal your ball. 
So I just kept going around the world and doing these great trips. And of course, people let you play their course free that way. So then I had all that stuff. So that was that's a, like a 10-page part of the book. There were a couple parts that I just wanted to to highlight quickly. The part where you accidentally played at the Denver Country Club was hilarious. <laughs> like you were on a public course. Can you talk about that? Well, I was kind of raised by my brother. He's seven years older and he got me into golf. And uh, so we played in at this crummy, terrible course in Boulder, Colorado. But finally he said, you know, we could go to Denver and play golf there. And I'm like, what? I'd never even been to Denver. And I think he was 19 and I was 12. And so we took his old jalopy and we played two rounds. One was at this crappy uh, municipal in Denver, which was better than ours. And the second one was at a place called Park Hill. So we think we're there and we go there and we run in like, this is fantastic. And there's flowers everywhere. And we run into the pro shop like 130 Riley. And they said, oh, your name's not on the book, but there's nobody out there. Just go ahead. And we're looking at each other like, this guy's doing us a favor. Thanks a lot. And we're looking at the tee box. We're like, this is better than our greens. This is the most beautiful place we've ever played. And there was a box of free tees and free ball markers. And we'd always had to pay, you know, 25 cents to reach in the jar to take your tees. So this is free tees. So we pop, our pockets are full of tees. We hit our shots and we're walking down the fairway, just flying with happiness. And the guy pulls up in the car and says, do you guys know where you are? And my brother's like, uh, Park Hill? He said, no, you're at the Denver Country Club. And we'd never even seen a country club. And he goes, are your dads, is your mom and dad a member? And my brother goes, uh, yeah. And he goes, no, they're not. And he put us in the car and we didn't even go get a get our ball. I remember, I remember that it was right in the middle of the fairway too. And he wouldn't even let us go get our ball and kicked us off. But the irony of that is years, years, years later, I became a member of Denver Country Club, but it was never as fun. It was never as fun as that first shot and only shot we got to hit as, as interlopers. <laughs> I love that. I also love how you talk about caddies. You say, golf is the one place where a man who sleeps on satin will take advice from a man who sleeps on streets. Golf yeah. is like that. Golf is so hard, it strips a guy down to his soul. The caddy, his only ally, gets a front row seat to it, which is why I spent a year caddying very badly for all kinds of famous golfers. And then you go on to talk about um, Casey Martin. But it's true. Talk to me about that. Oh, it was so fun. You know, I had never caddied. So I did this book called Who's Your Caddy? And a caddy for Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> Deepak Chopra, a blind guy, a guy who bets $50,000 a hole, uh, Jack Nicholas, uh, uh, a lot of interesting people. And um, I would say that the the the, uh, the strain, the, the most interesting was Trump because it was this was when he was a, just a businessman and we knew him from the world of sports. I'm a sports writer and he was always just full, so full of shit, but it was fun. Right. It didn't matter. He was just lying like crazy and saying stuff. And we're like, yeah, sure. Tell us more stuff. <laughs> So he said, when are you going to write about me? Because I was his favorite sports writer. And so I finally called him up and said, hey, I got, I'm doing this book. I'd like to write about you now. Let me caddy for you. And um, that day he took seven mulligans. He took a gimme chip in. So you know what a gimme putt is? He took a gimme chip in. Oh, my gosh. Dude, just take a gimme chip in because I've never heard of that. <laughs> he goes, oh, I never miss those. I'm like, you chip like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> But he was fun, but he was full of shit. 
And then he was introducing me as Rick Riley, president of Sports Illustrated. I'm like, no, I'm just a writer. And I'm like, why do you keep lying about me? He's like, ah, it sounds better. I remember he introduced me to the chef. This is Luigi. He's voted best hamburger chef in the world. And Luigi's like, no, no, it's not true. (laughs) We're all like, what is this world centered? And then that guy became president. I was like, oh. That's what that's what blows us away in sports, that this guy became president because he was always like, for instance, he bought a USFL team. This was way before your time. But there was this upstart league that played in the spring called the USFL. And he bought a team and signed this guy, Doug Flutie, to the biggest salary they had. And he sued the other owners because they wouldn't help him pay Flutie's salary. And the other owners like you're trying to beat us with this guy. Why would we pay you the salary? <laughs> and Trump says, because this is going to make the league. I mean, he was always doing crazy shit. And that's pretty much how he's been the president or he was. Oh, my gosh. What a unique vantage point there. <laughs> I am amazed. So you find a way to tell all these very personal stories. Golf is just the vehicle, right, for the stories of people's lives and right. and what's so unique about them and inspirational and everything. Is that Were you trained to do this through sports writing? Like, how does this happen and, and how do other people get better at it? Well, you know, Vin Scully just died, the great Dodger announcer. And so uh, my first job was at the LA Times and I got to know Vin, but I would mostly listen to Vin on, on the air. And it really didn't matter what the score of the game was. He was telling people's life stories. Like this guy adopted um, and, and, his, and his father was a fireman and then the fireman died. And there'd always be some gripping story. In LA, I'll see people like in their driveway with the, with the car still running, staring at their dashboard. And I know what's happening. Vin is telling a story and they can't bear to get out of the car. And so Vin Scully taught me that sports really isn't about the score. It isn't about who won or lost. It's about it's about their lives. And so as I as I learned to write, I learned that the best sports stories are not about sports at all. They're just hung on a very thin wire of sports, but it's about people's lives. And so that that really made all the difference for me. I remember I remember writing about this dad that had this kid who was about 35 years old and he he had severe cystic fibrosis, I think. And he couldn't speak and he was all kind of bunched up, but somebody had invented a way for him to talk by puffing into a thing. And the first thing he said is, I want to go for a run. So the dad's like, he's a smoker. He's 50 pounds overweight. So he puts him in the wheelchair and tries to run, but he, he couldn't go more than half a mile exhausted. So he started to get in shape, got a better wheelchair. Pretty soon he's doing a mile, then two miles. Then uh, the kid goes, I want to go for a swim. And so he bought this lifeboat and got a kayak. And pretty soon, bicycle rides, he put them on the front with this plastic. The two of them did over 200 marathons, 100 triathlons, finished halfway up in the Hawaiian Ironman. Two people, he's dragging a guy as he swims that against guys that have nobody to drag. Anyway, so this story I wrote for Sports Illustrated became a movie. And it's Rick, isn't it? the names are Rick and Dick Hoyt out of Boston. And you'll see him on airports and they, uh, Mr. Dick Hoyt died. But that wasn't a story about sports, right? That was about the dad and the son being able to bond through sports 
but the dad wanting to be a good dad for this son who could finally tell him what he wanted. And so that's kind of what the book is about. A lot of stories like that, that, you know, have nothing really to do with sports. Like the guy, did you read the one about the guy in the uh, Hanoi Hilton, the prison, and he only had six feet in a solitary cell. And yet every day he played golf in his mind. He had a stick and he played golf in his mind, kissed his wife, kidded around with his, with his buddies, waved to people on the golf course, had a beer. It took him four and a half hours. <laughs> he said that kept him alive. He said, because so many guys he knew he could hear in the prison die because they never left the cell. But golf got him out of the cell. And so when people criticize golf, I'm like, it's not really about what we shoot. It's about getting out there with your friends. Maybe that's how that's for you too. Getting out there with your friends, you're in nature, the sunshine, laughing, cold beer. It really is a way to forget your problems. And uh, I think that's kind of why people are so addicted to the game. Interesting. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I... Personally, find it too anxiety provoking because, you know, I play a lot of tennis and, and there you can change everything with the next stroke, right? You can win the next game. Like you can always do it over. You can do the next stroke better than the last stroke and still win the point. But in golf, it's like, forget it. Like I've already, I'm, you know, by whole, the second hole, I've like ruined the whole day. <laughs> okay. couple things that I can help you with. You got to play the double max rule. So I, I play with Charles Barkley a lot. And we have a rule. Once you get to double bogey, that's as much as you can take. Mm. So par four, and you make a six, and you're not even on the green, you take your six, and we go to the next tee box, and it doesn't ruin your day. Um. The other thing is to lower your expectations. Don't keep track of your whole score. Just play for a great shot. We call these hop shots, H-O-P, head on pillow at night. <laughs> head on pillow. And you're like, oh, remember that great shot I hit on three? Because in golf, I think unlike tennis, you can hit one shot as perfectly as Tiger Woods, right? It's just perfect. Goes up, trickle, 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 go in the hole. Nobody can do that better. But I can never hit a shot like Ivan Lendl did. Mm -hmm. I can never throw a football 70 yards like Tom Brady. And I think that also is the great thing about golf, those, those hop shots. So I always tell people, don't keep score. Play the double bogey, Max. Have a beer and have fun. 
Well, it's too bad you didn't get me started on golf. (laughs) (laughs) My mom even gave me like one of these bracelets because like I can't even like couldn't even remember how many shots it was taking me. I was like on 12, you know, I mean, I got better, but at the beginning, you know, I was like, how do I even know what, how many, sh- I don't know. It's too much pressure. Are you a masochist? Nobody keeps track that much. Do you play match play? I uh, just match play. Whoever wins the hole gets one. Oh, that's fun too. That's much easier. So if I make a 10 and you make a three, you're ahead of me by one. Okay. And that way we don't keep score. That way we keep match. No, my mom kept saying like every round I had to put in the computer and I had to get my handicap. And I'm like, uh, my handicap's like 54 or something. I mean, I don't even, like, it's like. (laughs) If moms, if moms don't have time to read books, how come she had so much time to play golf? She's obsessed. She plays all the time. She's so good. She she would like this book. Yes, I know. I, uh, I should have had you sign it or something. Well, next time. Yeah. Next time. Yes. They were, they are going to inhale your entire oeuvre of, uh, of books. My stepfather too, but he's not quite as crazy as my mom. I also, uh, I've gotten to know Mitch Album a little. Did you, you must've worked with him in the sports. Oh, Mitch. Yeah. He, he blurbed my book and he, he called it a Valentine to books or whatever. And now you're calling this a Valentine to golf. And I'm like, okay, ba- way back when you guys were being trained, everything is a Valentine. That is like, what? That's the lingo. We don't do Valentines anymore. <laughs> they do them on Twitter, nothing. And Jason Gay, I love how he writes about sports. Do you read him in the Wall Street Journal? Sure. He's so funny. So what were you going to say about Mitch? Oh, just the way it's the same thing with story and sports yeah. and and the relatability of all the stories and finding the common things. Like I, I feel so many parallels in your writing. Right. Yeah. Mitch is, Mitch is also really fantastic about telling someone's deep emotional story and how they got there. Yes. And, um, and of course, he's made a lot of money at it, but he, he knows a good story. That's why I think his, why his column is so compelling. He tells a good story. He, he's always kind. He sends me notes and stuff. He's, he, he, he can really feel people's pain, you know? True. I play piano and he, he can really play piano. You ever heard him play? No. That's yeah, amazing. He, he's really good. So what book is coming next for you? Jeez, I just finished this one. <laughs> I'm supposed to be retired. Now I'm... In my retirement now, I've done two books and now I'm writing for the Washington Post somehow. I don't know how this happened, uh, but I have this idea. Well, I can't tell you because it might you fall. Can tell me, even if it doesn't work. I can't because the kind of idea that's so good, someone's going to hear it and steal it. But I will tell you uh, when it comes out. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. That's What's awesome. your next book? My next book is a novel. It's coming out in 2024. It's called Blank, and it's about a, a mom of two who's a successful writer, author in LA, and she's on deadline and cannot seem to write her next book. And so she comes up with this very innovative solution to her problems. Oh, you know, since I've been writing, I think I've published over two and a half million words over the years for the ESPN and SI and this and books and articles. But after a while in this business, maybe you feel this way, there's no such thing as writer's block. I can't imagine getting writer's block. I don't know what it is. I know sometimes you get stuck and then you just go to a bar, <laughs> you go to a restaurant, or I write standing up, or I go over by the, by the fireplace, or I start in the middle, or I start at the end, or I write one sentence. Or I go read someone like, I love Damon Runyon. I'll go read one chapter of Damon Runyon. You can always get out of writer's block. I always notice that with writers who aren't really experienced yet. 
like, oh, I just have terrible writer's block. I've just been looking at the screen for two weeks. I'm like, don't look at the screen. Get out a yellow legal pad. Do anything right on your phone. I mean, Judd Apatow wrote, I think he wrote three movies just on his phone. So there's, ne- there's never an excuse, I don't think, for writing. But that's a good idea if you got it. <laughs> interesting way to beat it. Those are fantastic tips for writer's block, by the way. Not that it exists, but for those who believe it exists. Amazing. Any other advice for aspiring authors? What if there's somebody out there who wants to write, wants to tell the kind of stories you're telling, they don't know where to start? Just write a sentence, write two sentences, write 10 sentences. You know, people are always coming to me, will you write my story? It's really good. It's about my dad. He was in World War II and he was captured by the... I'm like, no, you should write it. You know it. You love, you know, the number one rule in writing. Well, I have two rules. Never write a sentence you've already read. Never write a sentence you've already read or written? Read. Read. Never write a sentence that you've already read. It's got to be all new. And that will really, really make your sentences pop. Because you can always write a cliche. And then the reader's bored. Give me something that pops. Like, as Damon Runyon said, make the sentence jump off the page and squirt grapefruit juice in the reader's eye. You know, just pink elephants, you know, dancing on top of the Empire State, but whatever it is, make it new and make right word pictures. The other thing is, as, as you know, write what you know, write what you really want to write. write, write what just burns inside you. And I always tell the guy, you write that story. And he goes, well, how do I get it published? Well, write it first, write it first. And you can spend 500 bucks and have a hundred of them made and give out to your friends and your family, but at least then it will exist. It's hard to get them published, but the hardest thing is to get over that hump of, I can't write a book. You can write a book. It might suck, but you'll get it out and then you can start improving. All writing, all good writing is rewriting. I write and then I rewrite 25, 30, 50 times. I think any good writer will tell you, thing is to get it down and then start fixing it. You have to, it's like making a sandcastle. You can't do that without any sand. Right. Okay, terrible analogy. Forget (laughs) I even said that. (laughs) Anyway, okay. Well, Rick, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. I hope we can get a book to your mother because, you know, she's a freak. She's a freak, but she's she's very lovable. Yeah, but (laughs) does she also have time to read books too? Yes. And play piano? No piano. But yes, books, book, uh, bridge, also bridge. Wow. Yeah. Does she never sleep? Holy Jesus. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> hey, we don't really need me. sleep in my family. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks a lot. Have a yeah. great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.